Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Welcome to Game of Books podcast, Corks and Conversation. Today we have the pleasure of talking with J.T. Ellison, the best-selling author. Yes, and on last week's episode, we talked about her latest book, Good Girls Lie, which we both agreed was a perfect book club book and a real page turner. We love the book. We love talking about it and pairing it with food and wine. I know. it was. It's a great read. We... Um, Had a blast talking about it. And now today, let me give you a little background on the author, J.T. Ellison, and then we'll talk with her. Yay! Yay! So (laughs) um, J.T. Ellison has 20 novels to her credit. Uh, She's an award-winning New York Times and USA Today best-selling author with thrillers published in 27 countries and 15 languages. Wow. I know. Very (laughs) impressive. She's also the Emmy Award-winning co-host of A A Word on Words. Um, It's a literary interview television show, and she lives in Nashville with her husband and two small gray minions, otherwise known as cats. I'm just saying. Uh, Her latest release is Good Girls Lie. It received a starred review from Publishers Weekly, and it has received accolades like across the board. JT, we are so happy you're available to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay, so before we get into the the great conversation we're going to have, Christy, why don't you tell everyone what wine we're enjoying today? Okay, so our wine today is a suggestion by JT herself. It's Museum Tempranillo, and this is a Spanish wine, and Wine Enthusiast gives it 91 points which for all of us novices out there is good. (laughs) (laughs) Here's how they describe it. It opens with potent crushed brick. Well, why don't you guys go ahead and have a sip if you're going to have a sip while I give this description, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's crushed brick, spice, toasty oak, and berry aromas, and the palate has a juicy, fresh outlook with no excess weight or overextraction. It's plum berry... (laughs) Spice <laughs> and vanilla flavors finish with a note of mature sweet tobacco. So very interesting description. And um, you may have a little trouble finding this um, this particular museum, Tempranillo, um, in different parts of the country, but you can definitely order it. And um, since you suggested it, JT, we were wondering, um, how did you discover this wine? So my husband brought a bottle home. He had stopped at the liquor store and picked out a bunch of different things. They have great Friday specials. So he brought it home. He really loved the label, the silver. It was very understated, very elegant. Mm -hmm. I don't drink a ton of Spanish wines, but, uh, you know, I was like, sure, let's try it. We Mm -hmm. were having tacos, I think, or chili, something (laughs) like that. And it's brilliant. It is so flavorful. It is so deep. It just shocked me. I've never had a Tempranillo that was so full-bodied. And so it's my new favorite wine. Oh, yeah, it's great. And so, um, so you have, you have, you have a website. You're like an expert on wines, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're I'm what, an amateur quaffer. <laughs> we're, we're, we're what you call amateurs because we, we pair wine with our mysteries, but we pick it by the like the label or the name of it or you know what somebody's drinking. Although it does sound like this one came because of the label, so that you never know, right? <laughs> oh, sure, you never know. I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm sure it was on a on a table on special or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, great. Yeah, so I I do I have a blog called the Wine Vixen. Um, for for years on uh, a blog that I did, I had a weekly wine recommendation. That's how I signed off. Mm-hmm. And when that ended, I still wanted to do the wine recommendation, so I I started wine vixen and i've been a little lax on it lately but you know i've, I've got a rating scale and everything just you know trying yeah, to, it's to give great. you an idea of, of what to get and and it's it's really fun it's really um have you taken any classes on how to taste wine or is it just just what you like <laughs> well i'm italian <laughs> wine is my blood that's it. That's all we need to know. <laughs> yeah, no classes, but I have been to a number of vineyards in California uh-huh. and in Italy and in France. And, and just, you know, I, I do know what I like, uh-huh. but I'm never afraid to try something new. And, uh, you know, I need, to, I need to change the name and make it the Wine and Scotch Vixen because I really like good single malt scotch. Oh, too. interesting. <laughs> you branched out. Yeah, there you go. That's actually when I when I paused things was uh, back in September, right when I got home from Scotland, and I've been on a scotch kick for months. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh. Wine got the boot. <laughs> Wine got the boot. Everything wow. got the boot. It's dry January now, so I'm kind of jealous. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh. Uh, we're, at, we're at tea into our wine mix a lot of the time. So anyway, now that we have our wine or tea or whatever in hand, um, let's ease into the questions that we have for JT Ellison. So JT, listen, 20 novels into this, what I really admire, it's a very impressive career that you've created for yourself. I would love to hear about how you got started, how you broke into this world, you know, how you, how the beginning came about. So that would be, goodness, I don't even know where to start with that. Let's start in Nashville. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we moved to Nashville and I couldn't find a job and my cat died. Uh. Then I went to work, I adopted another cat. And so I went to work at the vet who, he fixed her. She was sick. She had kennel cough. Mm. And I went to work there. They needed somebody. I thought it was going to be a front desk job, but it wasn't. It was as a vet tech. And I, I was, you know, two days in, and I was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. They did, no. Um, so I was going to quit on Friday. I was going to give them a whole week's worth of work. And on Wednesday, I picked up a, a golden retriever, and I blew out my back. And I had to have back surgery. So, I mean, here I am. I'm in a new New city that I'm oh, working wow. I know no one. My cat's dead. I'm like the worst country music song in the world. Right? <laughs> That's for Nashville. <laughs> I was just going to say, and you're in Nashville, right? <laughs> I'm like living the dream on my couch. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, was, I was very, you know, I've always been a big reader. And I used to be a writer until I had a professor who told me I was never going to get published. So I might as well so hang up my, my pen. Oh. <laughs> Um, so I did, I quit for eight years and, and I knew I wanted to go back to it. I've always wanted to go back to it. And that was kind of the perfect time. So I started reading, I love crime fiction. 
I read a lot of crime fiction, and I was three books into John Stanford's Prey series when I went, okay, mm. I want to do this. I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Jackson was born between my house and the rehab facility I was driving to <sighs> to work on my back on Interstate 40, and she just leapt from my mind fully formed like Athena from wow. Zeus, and, and she is. She's my Athena. She's the warrior <laughs> goddess of Nashville. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> that is such a great story because it sounds so, so sad. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> my, my the cat. baby, you know, like, oh, my cat. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, there's just a lot of really harsh things, but then Taylor <laughs> Jackson, who is a great character, Mm-hmm. I um, really enjoy reading those stories, and I can see why she was your Athena goddess for sure. Um, so, did you like literally just start writing Taylor Jackson? Wrote hard, found the agent, got a contract, kind of in a linear fashion. I don't know how linear it was. Um, I, I I didn't really write it to be published. I wasn't aware of. <laughs> that there was like a whole publishing industry. Yeah, you know, I knew mm-hmm. books were on the shelves and they were in bookstores, but I didn't know publishing at all. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know there were awards. I didn't know there were organizations. Yeah, I was totally naive writing in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, my husband worked in a newspaper. So happily, uh, one of the editors said, you know, hey, your, your wife's writing a book, right? I'd love to read it sometime. And he read it. I was like terrified, but he read it. And then another (laughs) friend read it and they both came back and said, Hey, this is really good. You should try to publish it. And that's when I had to, you know, kind of go, Oh, all right. Well, now now I I got to figure that out. Publish a book. (laughs) So (laughs) I, um, I joined sisters in crime and I joined the guppies chapter of sisters in crime. Mm -hmm. They taught me everything that I needed to know. I joined a critique group. Um, to learn, actually, you know, I'd written a book, but I wasn't a very good writer at, the, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So they helped me, you know, really hone the edges of my writing. And then I, you know, I started writing some short stories. I placed a short story. I joined a group blog and, you know, kind of splashed out onto the scene with that. And, wow. you know, meanwhile, I was, I was really rewriting and rewriting. I threw out the first book that I wrote and re- and just wrote something new. I used the first paragraph and started over. Um, <laughs> and then I was looking, you know, I was looking for an agent. So I went on Publishers Marketplace. They still have this option. You can mark that you're looking for an agent. And I marked that I was looking for an agent and Scott Miller saw that and requested the manuscript and read it and loved it and offered representation and you know here we are wow that's great. i'm actually wow. i'm writing my 25th book right now oh my goodness that is so amazing that's a great story because it is it involves feedback and guidance and you know sisters in crime is such a inspiring organization um for our listeners if they don't know it's a really cool group of women, mostly women, I guess, that inspire and, and like you say, help each other out. That's so cool. And advocacy for other female writers. I mean, women writers in crime fiction, it took a lot to get respect many years ago. I mean, there were only a couple of authors that that men would read. Karen Slaughter, (laughs) Tess Derrickson, you know, Erica Spencer, Alex Cava. Those women were, Tammy Hogue, they were absolutely, you know, the pioneers, Patricia Cornwell, of all of this. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we have the second wave. A lot of the authors that were in romance started writing romantic suspense. And, and it just, you know, we've come so far in the decade that I have been in this business, a little more than a decade now. Oh, my goodness. You were 20... Five books in a decade. Well, in, 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 <laughs> I'm just I'm astonished. So my first came out in 2007. <laughs> wow! So I was really wow. writing in earnest in 2003. Oh yes. Oh wow. So you know, it's it's been 15 years. Let's say yeah. 15 years. Yeah, it it does take a while. We, I mean, we're we're just starting out, Kathy and I, but we're we're recognizing the whole procession that you've said, except we haven't gotten to the published part. But <laughs> but you know, just going from writing to going oh my gosh now I have to do all this stuff you know (laughs) it's 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 a challenge Mm -hmm. and it's different now than it was I mean we all wrote in vacuums social media wasn't on the scene you know I joined Facebook in 2006 Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little ahead of the game um, for a lot of things but that's because somebody in in killer year was on a, a campus and, and it was like, Hey, this is a really great way for us all to wow. keep in touch, you know? And, and, and now look, yeah. at it. you, you yeah. can't do anything without your social media feed. Everything, yeah. everything relies <laughs> on the, on the yeah. followers that you have. And, mm-hmm. and that's the amount of time we have to spend worrying about that really does cut into the creativity. So, yeah. Yeah. okay. So this leads perfectly into my next question. So I, um, in getting ready to talk with Christy about Good Girls Lie, which we both absolutely loved, um, mm-hmm. I came across the really great review that was in The Real Book Spy. I mean, it's a really gushing review, and they, of course, compare Good Girls Lie to, they call it the next Gone Girl, I guess. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that is like that's a big endorsement. That's going to attract a lot of readers. Mm-hmm. So congratulations! Thanks. But the next thing, I was really impressed because I was reading. I always follow all the things you do, your blog and your <laughs> newsletter. She's a fan, and <laughs> I am a fan girl. But I, you know, as you're out on tour, as this as Good Girls Lies getting all this wonderful attention, you're still hard at work on your next novel. And the next one. So how do you how do you manage all that, JT? I have I've written two books a year since the beginning, which means that I'm always writing a book, editing a book, and promoting a book. It's oh. hard. I mean, it's it's genuinely it hard. hard. You know, I, I actually I had to make a decision today. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving on Sunday. I'm going to be gone ten days, nine events, several two a day events all over the the, the eastern corridor. Um, five states, is is it realistic for me to think that I'm going to be able to write on the book while I'm gone? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give myself the week to just focus on good girls and promote. And I'm leaving my laptop at home. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not something I normally do. I, I I really, (laughs) I don't. So I'm going to take some books and I'm going to take some movies and I'm going to just let myself have the week to enjoy the two weeks to enjoy the launch of the book and, and then I'll come back to it. You know, uh-huh. well, that's, <laughs> I don't, that's healthy. I think that's really healthy way to do it. I mean, it's gotta be 
stressful to try I, to do it all. I don't make healthy choices <laughs> when it comes to my writing. You know, I'm, I'm compelled to write. That's why we do it anyway. Yeah. Get rid of the right. voices in our head. I love that. I don't make healthy choices when I write. It's awesome. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I was very so, proud of myself. I mean, that, that's that's a big that's a big shift. It's very honest. Yeah, yeah it's very honest. Okay, so okay. on your website, you have got this quote, and I've, I I'm so excited to ask you about this. You have a quote from Master Yoda, and it says, "Do or do not." And I'm not going to say it in his voice because I can't. There is no try. And I'm really curious why that's what you choose to put on your website. You know, why do you feel so deeply about that? It is what I believe. You, you know, you may fail miserably, but at least you tried. I have tried and failed. I have tried and succeeded. But you have to do it. There, if you don't do it, you can't succeed. If you don't do it, you can't fail. If you mm-hmm. don't fail, you can't grow. I mean, it, it's, it's just an intrinsic part of who I am. Um, you either go for it or you go home. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I go for it a lot. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I don't want to, you know, isn't Anne Lamont who has the fabulous quote about, you know, what would you do if you went your entire life without being on a beach and feeling the cool air because your tummy was too soft and you were embarrassed? Right. It's that, right? right? I don't want to look back and regret the decisions that I made, the chances that I didn't take. Mm -hmm. I would rather fail miserably Mm -hmm. um, than not take that chance. That's so fear, true. Fear is a fear big thing. Fear can't come into it. You know, you either do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. Love That's it. Good. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Okay, so let's take a little interim break here and do our question in the bottle, don't you think, Christy? Yes, it's time. I've got it here. Okay, so, <laughs> so JT, what we do is we have a, a bunch of random questions in the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> and they're the kind of questions that might come up when you've drank to the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> okay. okay. Fair enough. All right. If your pet could answer any question, what would you ask? Why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Why are you continuing to make noise? <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I do actually ask them that. <laughs> they, they sit there and they cry. I'm like, "Why are you yelling at me?" Why? I don't know. That would be so funny if they oh, just all of a awesome. sudden just one day answered. You know, like, well, I asked that you for fantastic. a biscuit. You know. <laughs> Great. I think great. there's a commercial about that where like a tr- it's like a little translation commercial, maybe like a Google commercial or something. Like a dad's explained to the little girl on an iPad, like, hey, you can translate different languages. And she takes it out in the yard and talks to an animal like, OK. Hey, I want to know. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, cool. it's fabulous. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. So um, you just have so many different ventures. I mean, we've already talked about the wine. I want to ask you, I guess, first off. You have a TV show that you're a co-host of, which is just sounds like so much fun. I mean, we have so much fun with our podcast. I can imagine it's it's equally as fun or maybe you're going to tell us it's not. I don't know. Um, but um, how did you get started in that? Did you have any TV experience? Only as on the other side of the of the chairs as the interviewee. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I so John Siegenthaler is the he was the one that, that that started the show A Word on Words and it was a Sunday morning staple here in Nashville for forty years. Mm. Um, and he he read everyone. He had everybody on. He had me on. Um, he did my debut novel. He was oh. unbelievably kind and generous with his time and his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And he was my first interview ever. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, a 30-minute televised interview is my first interview that I've oh, ever done oh, in my, my entire life. And I mean, it was terrifying. Oh, man. <laughs> but he had, he, he, I watched it the other day, actually. It came up. They just digitized them. I watched it. And I'm sitting there, you know, you can tell. I'm just like, Ugh, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But so, so I was actually on the show several times, and John and I struck up a friendship. He he just was fantastic, and he mm-hmm. would wear his special tie for me, and I would wear my pearls for him. And, uh, you know, it was no. just a thing. It, we had a thing, and, and he was lovely. Mm-hmm. And then he passed away, and, and the station didn't know what they wanted to do with the show. They certainly didn't want to end the show. Mm-hmm. They wanted to continue the literary tradition, but they didn't know exactly how. And then we had a phenomenal producer, Linda Way, who stepped in and she reimagined the show instead of a sit down in studio, 30 minutes on location mm-hmm. and as an interstitial, which means it's kind of the show between the shows. It's, it's three minutes long. Oh, cool. Um, we interview, you know, we do a 20 to 30 minute interview, but then they mm-hmm. take that and they condense it down to a three minute episode. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on, you know, it comes on on Sunday morning and it comes on on Thursday night and then it can fit anywhere else in the schedule. It's also up on YouTube and up on the website. So it's much more accessible to the more modern age mm-hmm. than a, a sit down on Sunday morning kind of show. Mm-hmm. And so they they came to me and and, and she said I'd, I'd like you to host the show and I said no <laughs> because, um uh, me on camera absolutely not um, I have I have really bad public speaking fears so I, I was just like I, I just dismissed it out of hand and they were like well you know maybe you should just just do the screen test and and I did oh my and, gosh. And it, yeah, they talked me into it, and I'm so glad she did because it is one of the greatest joys of my life. And okay. my Aww. co-host Mary Laura Philpot, you know, we split it up. There's 15 shows a season, so we split it up. You know, one of us gets seven, the other gets eight. You know, mm-hmm. it, just however mm-hmm. that works out. And we have had some of the most amazing authors on, and it's it's grown. We're in our fifth season now and it's, it's grown into something just absolutely spectacular. And I'm, I'm honored to be continuing John's literary legacy. Oh yeah. That sounds wonderful. And so much fun. I love that. The doors you open, right? You just never know what they're going to lead to. That's so cool. I know. And so in addition to writing two novels a year and starring in a (laughs) TV interview show, um, and doing a wine review podcast, you publish short stories, um, Two Tales Press, right? So, <laughs> so that, how did that, that come came about? about yeah, I had a I had a bit of a, a dip in my career, and I had a novel that I couldn't quite get out, and I had another novel in a drawer. The first Taylor Jackson novel that I had written had didn't sell, 
Uh, yeah, I landed the agent, but the agent never got the deal. So oh, I had I to write another book, and that was the first one that sold. Um, so it had been sitting in the drawer, and I knew it was a great story, and it would be a wonderful prequel to the series. Um, but nobody was really interested in that. So mm-hmm. I started Two Tales to publish my short stories and then to publish these two novels. And that, you know, as as it happens at the last 11th hour as I was getting ready to go to press with Field of Graves, my publisher stepped in and said, hey, we want to publish this. And, and so we did a deal for it. And and so that worked out. And then another publisher took the other book, which was No One Knows. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallery took that one. So I was suddenly, I had a press and no books to publish. <laughs> like, oh, uh, and I've built this entire infrastructure and gotten all the, I mean, it, it was a lot of work. And, and so I, I've done a couple of anthologies to have full length books mm-hmm. on it. Um, and it's, it's sort of dormant right now because there's just too many things going on, right. but you know, it's something that I'm really glad that I've done. I know how the business works now. And I know, I, I know enough about if something totally goes south, I can do it myself. Really? And that's, it's that's... always good to have a plan B. Yeah. You must have hired like, oh gosh, like a marketing team and web designers <laughs> and editors. Yeah. Ellison Incorporated. <laughs> I mean, I thought, you know, obviously I hired an artist. Okay. Um, but as far as it, my, my assistant uh, for a very long time um, helped put together the, you know, how to upload them, how to, we use Vellum oh, yeah. to build them. And, and, you know, I developed relationships with Ingram and Baker and Taylor to do print. And, you know, I had wow. an artist do interiors and, and the covers for me and, you know, yeah, it's a, it's the full, it's the full Monty, you know, (laughs) I hired out a lot of it. Amy did a lot of it and I did a lot of it when Amy left. Um, so it's, it's something that it takes a lot of time. I have so much respect for the authors who are, are indie, who are doing this. They are writing the books and they are publishing their books and they are marketing their books. It is hard. Yeah. And I just, I mean, so many props to them yeah. for being able to yeah. do that. It, it's really amazing. And I love that the option is there. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's just fabulous. If, if something doesn't fit in with the traditional construct, it still can find a readership. And I think that's very powerful and important for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, that's great. So let's see. You might have noticed that Kathy is a um, huge fan of all your productivity <laughs> tips and your oh, um, yeah. annual review. And we actually talked about that on our New Year's episode a couple um, weeks ago. And, you know, how you do the review and um, how impressive it is to us. Because, again, that's one more thing that I'm so – Kathy's more organized. She can <laughs> – she'll probably do the spreadsheet, but I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't think. But what's the upside of doing this review and goals and putting it out there in the world? I don't know if there's an upside to putting it out in the world. <laughs> Every year when I do this, I'm just like, oh, God, does anybody even care about this? Why are you publishing this? <laughs> you know, but it's I, really I, I find it. I find it very inspiring. I mean, I really like the 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 model you've taken and how you've made it your own. So I'm inspired by it. 
<laughs> well, that, okay, so that's why I do it. Because, you know, maybe one person's going to read it and be like, oh, I think, honestly, in all seriousness, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the more the more we pull back the curtain on how this works, mm-hmm. I think the the better we all are. And, you know, what works for me won't work for somebody else. I come from the business world. I have to have metrics. Mm-hmm. I like to be able to see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. It was really helpful this year to realize, wow, I wrote 233,000 words. Wow. And I felt like I didn't have a really good writing year. Mm. <laughs> so at the end, when I'm able to tally up all the words, and I'm like, oh, well, I did a lot more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really heartening to me. I've had years, that, like last year, I was like, oh, I'm not even going to make my goal. You know, it's it was, but it was really helpful this year to see that. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, my I do a word of the year, and you know, I look back on how I did and, and everything that happened, and then I look forward to what I want to have happen. It takes me a while to build it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's not something that I I do in a day. That I start tallying numbers around the 15th of December and building that spreadsheet. And, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. but it's a formula now. So it's kind of plug and play. Well, great. Um, well, we like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear we that. Do. That makes me, that yeah. makes me feel good that somebody's <laughs> actually read it and it helps. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been so fun to talk to you, but Christy, before we go, oh, yes. I know you have something to ask. Oh yes. We have, <laughs> um, yeah, before we go, we always have a question that appeases our mysterious foodies, our listeners out there, and we like to ask it of all of our authors, and this is it. It is, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with, and what would it be? Oh, right now, I'd like to sit down with Ash Mm -hmm. and have some bangers and mash. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. And the fact that it rhymes makes it even better. (laughs) I know, isn't that funny? Yeah, no, bangers and mash. And, and now I'm sitting there going, huh, maybe I can make bangers and mash for dinner. Uh, you know what? That was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I have the stuff for shepherd's pie, but I also have some sausage in there. So. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. Maybe bangers and I think and my mash stomach just growled. Oh, good. Well, thank you. That was fun. Inspiration on all fronts. Yeah. Okay, so JT, I'm sure our listeners are going to have some questions or, or want more information about you what's the best way for them to reach out and find information about you so my website is jtellison.com there is you know all my book stuff's on there my blog is on there and you know i've got a for for writers section that has some writing advice and books that i think you should read if you're trying to be a writer those kinds of things um you can find me on twitter and on instagram at thriller chick mm-hmm and I've, I'm on Facebook. Um, I've got a great Facebook literati group. Um, we are kind of a, a private little book club. Mm, <laughs> we, nice. we, we talk books. We, you know, just it's a really it's a great little community, and everybody's welcome to join us there. Well, great. So we want to thank you again, J.T. Ellison, a New York Times bestselling author. And if you haven't read her latest book, Good Girls Lie, go out and get it. It's a great read. And you can listen to our last episode for book club ideas to go along with it. Thank you, guys. Thank I really so appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Let's say cheers. 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 Thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing. 
check out our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, where you can find links to all we talk about. And if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you can get those links sent directly to you, along with any exciting updates. We are also on Facebook and Twitter under at GOB Writers. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, we would love to hear from you. And please subscribe to Game of Books wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our book club ideas and quirks and conversations with award-winning and best-selling authors. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books Podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.